So scripture talks about the blessed man. And one of the things that characterized, I mean, the blessed man's life is the fact that he enjoys certain advantage. You know, he enjoys some kind of help in guidance in many other areas. Let me start out this morning by bringing, I mean, refreshing our memory to the fact that man actually is a tripartite being. Man is essentially a spirit. He lives in a body and he has a soul. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, the Bible says, Now may the God of peace, Paul writing here, he said, Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And from this writing of Paul, it's safe to assume, or not to assume, to gain the understanding fully that man is essentially a spirit. Man is essentially a spirit. Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, talked about the body and he called it heartly taint or heartly suit. So, just like you cannot go to the moon without your space suit and be a recognizable entity, we have our body here so that we can also be recognized. The difference between spirits, full-blown spirits, and man is that man has a spirit but yet also has a body. That's why man can connect with the supernatural because he's essentially a spirit. A spirit does not have a body. So as we're here now, the Bible says we have come to the spirit of just men made perfect. We have come to the assembly of the firstborn. We have come to Mount Zion when we come to, to gathering of people. It says we have come to an innumerable uh, 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 company of an innumerable angels. Number of angels. That's what, that's what he said. So angels are here, but we cannot see them because they don't share our kind of body. Are you still with me this morning? But man is essentially a spirit. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make. And when you say the blessing, we need to get the understanding that the blessing actually starts from the spirit before it comes to the physical. What we call the blessing, the tangible thing that we call the blessing, they are the manifestations, the effect. But we forget about the fact that before you can get an effect, there has to be a cause. Am I saying the truth? So we operate in cause and effect. Most often, people focus on the, the cause, I mean the effect, and looking away from the cause. I hope you understand what I'm saying. When you see a fan blowing, for instance, uh, uh, and um, the, the, you want to look at that and say, this is a blessing. Where's, where's the real blessing? This is not the electrical power. <laughs> Am I saying the truth? Yeah. Because when you take that out, then... There's nothing remaining. But that's what people see. That's what we can interact with. So, what am I saying this morning? The blessing, essentially, is not riches. Though it's, 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 uh, it's good to have some measure of, good measure of material wealth. The blessing is, you know, the blessing is not the, 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 the tangible wealth is the effect of the blessing. That's why Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, he said, watch out and be on your guard against all kinds of greed. He said that the life of a man does not consist 
the, the quality of a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. That means the real quality of a man's life is not in the physical, it's in the spirit. The blessed man is the one that is spiritually aware. The blessed man is the one that is spiritually connected and not disconnected. The blessed man is the one that is spiritually fruitful and spiritually engaged positively. So you can have material stuff, but if you're not spiritually aware positively, if you're not spiritually connected, you don't, you, you, you can't reproduce even what is in your hand. And Bible talks about, you know, where that can develop wind and fly away. The, the blessing is not the family, even though family is good. But a good family is the effect of the blessing. I hope you're still with me. A good family is the effect. Position. The blessing is not in position. For instance, uh, uh, Psalm 75 verse 6 says, uh, For promotion or exhortation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge of all. He puts down one and exalts another. That's Psalm 75, verse number 6. So when you look at Psalm 75, you understand that the blessing is not just in position. The blessing is that I have power with the one who puts one down and puts one up. Because if I engage the blessing at that level, I'm always, you know, at the right side of God. And the God who determines the one who goes up and the one who goes down, I would rather have power with him than to just for a position. Did somebody stay with me this morning? I said, are you stay with me this morning? So it's important for us to understand uh, the, what the real blessing is. The blessing also, for instance, is not intelligence, even though it's good to be intelligent and be cerebral. When you meet cerebral people, uh, you, you, you should say, thank God, not, not generally worship them. That's what we do today. But the God who is the source of intelligence is the one who blesses. That's why Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Because when your understanding starts to take the place of God, you see that you won't really be able to deep, deepen yourself in the real blessing. Is somebody say with me this morning? So intelligence is good. It's good to be cerebral. It's good to go to school. It's good to learn. But there's just how far that intelligence can take you. There's a part of this world which is where the real blessing is that it takes more than intelligence. It takes supernatural intelligence. It takes supernatural intelligence for one to be able to get into that space and get what God has in mind for us. Now, let me break this down a little more. When we talk about the blessed man, the man who is spiritually aware. This man recognizes that the most essential part of me is me as a spirit. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. When Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in chapter, chapter 3 of the book of John, the gospel of John, he said something. He said, he that is born of the flesh is flesh. He that is born of the spirit is spirit. So, being born of the spirit is what happens to us when we submit our lives to Christ. And what happened then? The spirit of God comes into our lives and then we become spiritually aware. We will always be spirit beings. 
But the Bible talks about being dead in trespasses and sins. But until a man comes in contact with Jesus, that part of him really does not come alive. Are you still with me today? Positively. Positively. But man will always be able to access the supernatural. It can be positive supernatural. It can be negative supernatural. Are you still with me today? This world will never remain solely in the natural. The supernatural, the spiritual, is the mother of the natural. Are you still with me today? So in Daniel uh, uh, chapter 1, for instance, the Bible talks about Daniel. Verse 17 of the book of Daniel chapter 1. As for these young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Daniel was simply an administrator. A blessing can work on your job when you give God the room to move and work with you. When your spirit is open to divine advantage and divine assistance. Because some people, when, when, you know the way I've been talking right now, some people, the only thing you have gotten out of what I said is that if the blessed man is spiritually aware so he can fight demons. That's correct. But beyond that, the blessed man that's a software developer. What he's facing may not be demons, but he needs supernatural intelligence to write a program that will solve a problem for an organization. Am I saying the truth? The same way God helped Daniel in the Bible, the same way Solomon enjoyed, I was reading the book of First Kings uh, um, this past week, and I was amazed again you know, at the wisdom of Solomon. I mean, truly, you cannot again say the fact that the Spirit of God is omniscient, is all-knowing. So look, look, at this, look at this story, for instance, where uh, after Solomon prayed for wisdom, and Bible says God gave him wisdom, and two women came, I think in First Kings, uh, maybe chapter 3 or so, uh, uh, God gave him wisdom, and it came, they came to him, say, one said, my child, you know, both of us just had uh, baby boys. We were sleeping. This one overslept and slept on his son. And his son died. And then he, she woke up in the middle of the night, brought the boy, and exchanged it with the one of the other woman. And I don't know if you read that before. Now, when people are talking to you, you need the gift of discerning of spirit or discernment to just be able to even recognize who is lying and who is saying the truth. And God gave Solomon this supernatural wisdom. All he needed to do was to say, you know what? Okay, so you said you, you, ha- you are the mother of the baby. You two said you are the mother of the baby. Okay, this baby, we're going to bring it. Bring the baby. Bring him here. We're going to cut this baby into two. So argument is over. You take half. Take. And one said, no. I would rather you give this baby to her than to cut the baby. The other one says, cut. Let's, let's share it. And Solomon said, very simple. The one who says, I would rather you give the baby to her than that's the mother, the real mother of the baby. There are business lessons and cases from there. We are not going there today. Maybe doing EDM. <laughs> but I need you to understand something. That kind of wisdom is not natural. It's not natural. Especially in the days where you had not read Harvard cases. You know, because they didn't have stuff like that those days. 
you know, today, when you give you a business case, you can look at it and say it's similar to, you know, what Goldman Sachs did in uh, 1994 and how they, you know, these mergers and acquisitions. Let's, let's try it here. With, that's, that's you, are, you are doing permutation. This one came by the spirit. Instant. You know what to do and how to maneuver. And everybody knows that this is, that was, I mean, that was why they looked at Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar looked at Daniel and he said, is there in, in Daniel chapter 5 a man, I mean, there's no other man like this in this region, a man in whom is the spirit of God. Pharaoh said the same thing about Joseph. Looking at Joseph, he was like, man, it's only the spirit of the most high that can do this. So, you know what? I don't have a problem. When I see God, I recognize him, even though I don't know him personally. But this man, he will be the administrator here. He will be the prime minister here. The same thing happened to Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar in his madness recognized that there's something working in the life of this man. So stop complaining about your MD. When the Spirit of God starts to work in your life, somebody will recognize that it's not you. Nebuchadnezzar, your MD cannot be more wicked than Nebuchadnezzar. Am I saying the truth? Yes. In his madness, he recognized that there's something working in the life of Daniel. Made him to administer everything. Believers, we need to put our priorities where they should be. We need to put our priorities where they should be. So, what we call the, the S factor, the spirit factor, or the supernatural factor, is to aid the believer in the fulfillment of our assignments. And we cannot do without the Holy Spirit. We cannot do without the Holy Spirit. The blessing is not complete until I'm able to engage the help of the Holy Spirit. When I start to engage the help of the Holy Spirit, that's when the blessing is becoming vital in my life. Becoming really vital in my life. Glory be to Jesus. Let me tell, say a few things that the Holy Spirit will do in the life of in your life and my life, if we give him the right of way. A lot of the time, we don't give him the right of way, and that's a problem. The Holy Spirit, if we give him the right of way, it will do a lot in our lives. A lot, a whole lot. So John 14, verse 16. Can you put that up for me? John 14, verse 16. Jesus was speaking in verse 16 of the book of John 14. John chapter 14. I will send you another comforter. I will send you another comforter. I said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The word helper, comforter, advocate. That's who the Holy Spirit is supposed to be to the believer. So I'm not supposed to be alone. The blessed man is the one who is able to engage the Holy Spirit as his helper. So when we sing the song, my helper, oh, my helper, you need to understand it very well. We're not talking about your houseboy. Yeah, that's the way some people understand, <laughs> you know, the way some people treat the Holy Spirit. I know your driver is your helper, but that's not the kind of helper we're talking about here. He's not a helper to help you to do what you know to do, but what you don't know to do. Most of us here may have engaged a, a driver one time or the other in our lives. 
And it's not that you cannot drive. It's that you have many other things to do. So somebody should drive you, you know, and uh -huh. That's, that kind of help is not the help that we're talking about here. When Jesus was here, he did not help people to do what they could do for themselves. He helped them to do what they could not do for themselves. Are you still here today? So if he said to the, his disciples, I will send you another helper. The word helper there in the Greek is allos parakletos. Advocate, paraclet, a paraclet, an advocate, the one who, who argues my case on my behalf, like an advocate, the one who represents me, who takes my burden upon himself. And when he says that helper is the helper of the same type with me, somebody who can help you the way I'm, see, literally, what Jesus was saying is, I will send you. Somebody who will help you the way I've been helping you. Or somebody who will take your case up the way I've been taking it up. Somebody who will advocate, you know, for your good the way I have. And we're simply talking about advocacy in the spirit. The Bible says if God will count iniquity, who can stand? If not for the advocacy of the Holy Spirit, some of us here today, led to the devil, we're dead. Are you still with me today? Yeah. Because the spiritual world is filled with litigation. The accuser of the brethren who stands before God day and night. And the word accuser or accusation, they are all legal terms. I don't know if you're getting me today. No, we use them flippantly, but they're all the, the, the legal terms. The Bible calls the devil, not just a bad devil, not just evil, but it calls him the accuser of brethren. It's made your assignment to accuse you and I, especially after we have left darkness into light. I'm talking to believers this morning. After I've given my life to Jesus, the ministry of the devil in my life is that of the accuser. He cannot do anything to me, but he can accuse me. <laughs> Are you still here? Yeah. And when you, you allow that ministry to prosper without the Holy Spirit advocating for you, then you just realize that the devil can floor you from time to time. The ministry he has in the life of a, a believer is to accuse his power over us has been taken. We operate under grace. But we must understand that the devil wants to. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He advocates for us. He advocates for us. This is our status in the spirit, for instance. The Bible talks about the blessed man in Psalm 32. Psalm 32, verse 1 and 2, Amplified Translation. It says, blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied, is he who has who has is he who has forgiveness of his transgression continually exercised upon him whose sin is covered blessed happy fortunate to be envied is the man to whom the lord imputes no iniquity in whose spirit there's no deceit that's the status before God of a believer. Somebody who has said, I have Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. Psalm 32 verse 1 and 2 is your status before God. You are blessed because you are a man to whom God will not impute iniquity. You are a man whose sins have been forgiven. But the devil queries that status from time to time. And the work of the Holy Spirit is to counter whatever the enemy has to say. So the Bible says... In Romans 8, 
26, for instance. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps our weakness, our infirmity. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. So even in prayer, the Spirit speaks through us. It helps our infirmities. It helps our infirmities. Bible calls him, for instance, our comforter. Our comforter. It comforts us. I've had in my, uh, you know, life of pastoring, I've seen the help of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. So someone lost someone very dear, maybe a child or whatever, and, you know, cannot be entreated. But you say prayer. Holy Spirit, you are the comforter. Comfort this heart. And you see the same person in the evening singing praises to God. That's a comforting ministry of the Holy Spirit. Somebody just lost a job. And the person is querying, where is God? And then you hold the hand of the person and say, Holy Spirit, do your ministry of comfort in this life. And things just turn around.